The most important thing to appreciate is that it's vital to watch. The last prophetic words of our Lord Jesus Christ was the Olivet Prophecy. We know it well, don't we? Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. That Olivet Prophecy described the history of Jerusalem until he comes. Okay? And having then said that, so it covers from AD 70 right through to our day, brethren and sisters. Having said that, he says to us, then watch. Now here's our day. Learn a parable of the fig tree. We've seen it blossom. When you see all these things, know that it is near even at the door. So Israel's back in the land. And then he says, watch, watch, watch. Repeatedly tells us to watch. The same said in the book of Revelation. In Revelation 16, when he's about to talk about Armageddon, just before that he says, watch. So he's talking about our day. Now it's critically important, brethren and sisters, that we are watchmen. You know, some say the prophetic word is probably the least important thing in God's word. That is open to abuse. That, can be that can't be completely relied on. And so rather unnecessary to study, but... It is utterly important that we study it, brethren and sisters, particularly as the end of the age is approaching. Now remember previous times of God's judgment, the days of Noah. Noah was warned. He went into that ark seven days before and saved his family. Take the days of Lot. Lot was warned. He got out and saved three of his family, didn't he? In the days of Jeremiah, Jeremiah said, you good figs, Go to Babylon. And those that did were saved. Take the times of the Lord Jesus Christ, well, after the Lord Jesus Christ, leading up to AD 70. Those that were in that city, hearkening to what Jesus said, got out. The city was besieged for a moment. The siege was lifted for a few days. They got out and fled to Pella and saved their lives. So it's critically important to watch. Critically important that we are watchmen, brethren and sisters, and preparing ourselves for that great day. Now, I'm going to give you just basic headings with the quotes up there, so we're not going to have to probably look at them too much as we go through. But the first point is that at the time of Christ's return, just prior to it, is a time of trouble such as never was. We know it well. Luke 21. Verse 25 speaks of a time of perplexity. The word perplexity means no way out. Daniel chapter 12, verse 2 speaks of the resurrection. And verse 1, he says, there shall be a time of trouble such as never was. So here we are, our day. Now, the quote we looked at, Luke uh, the quote we looked at was Isaiah 24. The Lord cites Isaiah 24 in the Olivet Prophecy no less than five times. There they are. Now, if somebody wants this afterwards, I could put it up. See, some people taking notes, that's wonderful. But I haven't time to leave it there, unfortunately. Now, the Lord's mind is therefore in that chapter. And Brother Thomas says this in the Old Herald, the Herald, Volume 3. He says, my readers... We'll remember the quotation from Isaiah 24. The earth being made empty and waste 
as to being utterly broken down and clean, dissolved and moved exceedingly. It is well for the reader to read the whole chapter. Judgments convince, commence and then it ends with Christ's return. That's the last verse of that section. Maybe we'll read that. You've got it in front of you. Then the moon shall be confounded and the sun ashamed when Yahweh of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem before his ancients gloriously. So here's where the Lord's mind is when he wrote that Olivet prophecy, Isaiah 24, the last stages of the Olivet prophecy, I might add. But now look with me to verse 1. The Lord Yahweh maketh the earth empty. Verse 3, the land shall be utterly emptied. Verse 10, the city of confusion is broken down. Every house is shut up that no man may come into it. That's staggering. There's London during lockdown. Peak hour, London. Here's Adelaide. Peak hour, London. Central part of Adelaide, one of the, in the middle square. What's going down the road? Kangaroo. Staggering. Empty. That was a few months ago, I might add, but there we are. It was in the paper. So what's the thing? What's causing it? Coronavirus. Here's the situation as it was last Saturday. We won't go through the figures, but worldwide, 228 million cases have been experienced. Deaths, 4 million so far. Staggering. But brethren and sisters, we should expect that. Because the scripture says that there will still be pestilence after the judgment seat at Sinai. We won't turn it up, but we know these quotes well. Ezekiel 38, I will plead against them with pestilence, and it's used of diseases. In Habakkuk chapter 3, that's one of the three key quotes we use to say the judgments at Sinai. He says, Aloha, the man of the one, shall come from Teman, Sinai. And the next two verses later on, he says, before him went pestilence and plague. In other words, the saints will go forth, but they don't have a sword in their hand or a submachine gun. But if somebody opposes them, disease. That's how it will be done. And in Zechariah chapter 14, it talks repeatedly of plague on those who do not do that which is right. And it's used of disease. So indeed, brethren and sisters, it still will be there until the millennium is ushered in, I dare say. So we can see the problem. But come now back to verse 2. Now, I'll read it from the screen. As with the maid, so with the mistress. As with the buyer, so with the seller. As with the lender. Now listen to this. So with the borrower, as with the taker of usury. Now, Brother Sully in Ezekiel's temple picks that up and writes three pages on it. In the last three pages of Ezekiel's temple, and this is what he says. He says, page 307, that's in the green covered copy. I know there's various printings of it. All confidence in the money market is gone. All stocks and shares worthless. No banks. He says there's going to be an economic collapse. 
He actually suggests that it will take place after we're taken, but it may begin before. You may have heard two days ago the huge economic problems in China, massive problems in China, with ramifications that will go right across the world, they say it could. So huge problems, but certainly after we're taken. Well, what are we seeing around the world at the moment? Now, this is a bit congested. Next one will be a little bit spaced out a bit more. But we're seeing fires this year. Here we are, 2021, huge fires. The fires that were in Siberia, it's hard to see the map of Siberia, were equal to twice the size of, Por of Portugal. The whole area of Portugal, put it together twice, it, the fires were equal to that. And up there in Siberia, the temperature went to 39 degrees centigrade. Siberia. Staggering. Here's the fires across USA. Look at them. Here's the fires across Europe. Look at them. Staggering. This is this year. Staggering. And then in Germany and Holland, flooding. So hard to see the picture, but that's a little township. All flooded. And in Adelaide, well, we felt just the earthquake this morning. Some people did. If you went in a high-rise building, you could actually feel some of them ten storeys higher shaking a little bit, even here in Adelaide. Happened over in Melbourne. A 5.9 earthquake size. Wow. That's quite big, for Australia at least, anyhow. I used to live in New Zealand, they call it the shaky capital. We used to get quite a few earthquakes. But 5.9 is even big for over there. It was so big in Melbourne, it was actually outside of Melbourne, that it was held, felt in Launceston, and it was felt, felt in Sydney, and it was felt in Adelaide. And they say it's not going to stop, there's going to be tremors after this. So you see, the world is getting shaken. Fires, storms, Earthquakes are preliminary to the coming of the Lord, I believe. Well, look at another thing. Now let's come across to the nations themselves. America, the tail end of last year, got a huge hacking into their defence, state and treasury. Russia did it. Massive hacking. hacking. They said it was the biggest cyber attack ever. It was an attack equivalent to Pearl Harbor, that's what they say. Of course, it wasn't like that. You can't really compare them. But then it went on. Huge hacking in the pipeline that went to New York from way down here. They couldn't fix it. They paid, I think it was something like three million to Russian agents operating in USA to lift it and got lifted. Then there was a cyber attack in the meatworks over in America. But they were also owned in Australia, and it came to Australia. Here in Australia, we put off 11,000 people till we fixed it. Oh, yeah, we fixed it, all right. The president paid out Russia to lift it, and they lifted it. So you can see the gravity of what's happening. We're vulnerable to Russia. Well, let's move on. Russia, uh, last year, or this year, sorry, in June this year, they had a big manoeuvre. 
trying to say to Russia, be careful what you're doing. Don't attack Ukraine. So they brought ships into this area here, 32 countries. We even put a ship over there. I don't know, maybe it was a rowboat, knowing Australia. But, you know, we, um, <laughs> we 32 countries put naval vessels in there to say to Ukraine, to Russia, don't attack Ukraine. They were in there for about a week. So Russia acted. It brought ships around away. There we are. They just bought 20 naval ships of their own, jet fighters and such like submarines, to within three and a half, kilometer, uh, three and a half miles of Hawaii. A message as they came around it. Don't fool with us. Okay? The biggest drill from Russia, since, that is naval drill, since the Cold War. Date? This year, July. Staggering, isn't it? Let's move on. Britain will not ally with Europe, but with the Young Lions. So I've got to move away from Brexit, I've move away from Europe. We know that from Ezekiel 38. We know these quotes very well. That's why I'm not looking them all up. Sheba, Dedan, the merchants of Tarshish, that's Britain, with all young lions. So that's got to happen. Now, you've still got that quote in front of you. If you haven't, here it is on the screen. Look at Isaiah 23. Isaiah 23 has ten titles for Tarshish. Different titles, one of which is Tyre, of course, from which it had its roots. Look at verse 17. And it shall come to pass after the end of 70 years, Yahweh will visit Tyre, and she shall turn to her hire, and shall commit fornication with all the kingdoms of the world. And then, verse 18, she'll use her wealth in the kingdom age to build up the land. How long will she be weak? 70 years. And at the end of that, she will prosper. Ah, well, let's have a look at it. That's the end of 70 years. So 70 years and about three months, you'll see. Now, Brother Thomas said that Britain cannot be part of Europe. Brother Graham Pierce said that. H.P. Mansfield said that. Many of our writers have said that. I didn't want to pull up the screen. There we are. Now, look at what happened. The end of Second World War... Churchill said, we've got to stop Europe going to war. Look at World War I, World War II, we've got to stop them. So we'll go out to them and we'll ally with them. He proposed that plan then. They voted to leave the EU. Didn't leave it. They voted to leave it at the end of 70 years. 70 years later on, they voted to leave. In 1949, they joined they joined what was called the Council of Europe, which was economic alliance of form. A month later, they formed NATO. All right? And if you take the date they formed and they joined Europe, 70 years later on and three months, they left. Exactly as the Bible said. Precisely. Truly amazing. All right. So Britain has left. There we are. She's driving away. Well, you know what Britain does. She rules the waves, doesn't she? Oh, no, it waves the rules <laughs> this time because it pulled away. All right. So there's the line. 
driving away. But you see, that didn't lead to things going terribly well. Here we can see, coming across into the waters of Britain, that this year, I think it was this year, yes, 17 times Russian naval vessels have come in and Britain has sent out their naval vessels to drive them out. 11 times planes have flown over, over Britain, military planes from Russia. Russia. Britain's got up to, got to America, Russia and said, listen, if you keep that up, we'll shoot one down. They said, yeah, you do that. They've got atom bombs on. So Britain's done nothing. But they're being intimidated by Russia all the time. But things are changing dramatically in the European scene, brethren and sisters. Now, there's the lady who looks after NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organisation. Ursula von der Leyen, she used to look after the military in Germany. But what did she do? She came to Europe, as the article says there. Oh, she's in Europe, of course. She says, we're worried about Russia. So factories around the place, we might turn them into producing military things. We'll take them over. So you've got a factory in your company, country, yours and yours, we'll take them over. So say you own a part of a factory, what would you do? Well, they're going to be taken over. So they sold up their shares or their share of the company and many of them shifted their money out of Europe into Britain. They did that this year. Look at the exchange rate. Boom. Money was coming out of Europe into Britain. So, little wonder, he says, <laughs> we're going pretty good. Post-Brexit, boom. Things are growing fine. That's late last year. And again, late last year. The EU is disintegrating before our eyes. A new group's being formed. Kanzak. Canadian, see the sea, New Zealand, <laughs> Australia, New Zealand and UK. There it is. Let's embrace the Commonwealth, said Mr Johnson, Prime Minister of Britain. There it is. And there's the Commonwealth, the Kanzak group of nations joined. Well, when was that? Last year. And now. Well, we're no, no, no longer letting or trusting France to build our submarines, we better have them built somewhere else. And I think that's true. Well, the Australian wrote a very significant article showing how she's already, France has been mucking up with the trade deal, asking for more money and more money and still not making a terrible lot of headway. And so we pulled out and here we are. Australia, America, UK, a new group. There it is, A. UK-US group, a long-term benefits, and we're going to get them to build the submarines for us. And a nuclear one, so it can stay underwater for probably a month or two, if it needs to. So things are very significantly changing so quickly. The alliance with the Commonwealth countries and America is being formed. Brother Thomas said, in reference to America. Yes, yeah, not necessarily part of the Commonwealth, but it will fight with Britain. It looks like it certainly will. That is against Russia. Well, coming aside to another thing. Brother Thomas in Exposition of Daniel said repeatedly that something's going to distract the West, 
See? Divert their attention. That this diversion will be Russia's opportunity to act. What's direct diverting the attention of the West? Ha! China. Fear of China. USA says China's now our biggest military threat. Our biggest military threat. But you know, it's not only there a threat to USA. Look at this. Australia, we're worried. Our army's up the north there. And we're asking America to bring in troops, and twice they brought in more and more troops up into the area of Darwin. US will consider more American Marines coming into here, and they've done it. And not only that, we've given them a port down here near Perth to put their naval ships there. So when we need them, they can come up to near to Darwin. They don't get shot down or sunk if China attacks Darwin straight away. They can come up and attack. India's come in, bought in ships. We are indeed very, very concerned. Very concerned. Australia, USA navies in exercise, called the Pacific Exercise, off the eastern side of Australia. So things are really moving, really moving. But let's leave that bit. Now let's come over to Russia will ally with Europe or conquer Europe. We know that. Know Ezekiel 38 so well, don't we? So let's look at it. This is going back a little. This is Mr. Trump. This is Mrs. Merkel. And this is Mr. Putin. And they're sitting on a pipe. That's the gas or oil pipe called the Nordic 1 and 2 pipe. I'll show you it in a minute. That supplies and can supply gas to Europe. All right? So here's Putin. He's going to be part of the image, isn't he? And he needs the feet. And they are the feet, so to speak, Europe. Let's see what's happening. Trump put it more mildly. Europe's a captive to the Russians already. Why? Because of energy. Now, I can't guarantee this, but this was an article a little while back, and I don't think it's going to happen, but I'll leave, I left it there because of the point it's made. If she gets replaced by the man in her party, it's this man. And they say, his successor has a real sympathy for Putin. It's potentially very dangerous. A very great sympathy for Russia. And I think that's fairly true, probably, with many of the Germans. We'll see. But you see, Germany, oh no, Europe, is getting planes coming over the top of them like Britain. <laughs> Britain had hmm, 11 of them or so. But Europe has had 318 bombers go over the top of them in one year. One year. They've sent up their fighters to try and drive them out. Same story, don't you touch us, says Russia. Some of these might carry an atom bomb. Oh, okay, got the point. So, there we are. Almost 90% of the missions of unknown planes going over Europe are military planes from Russia. Staggering. And meanwhile, while Russia's doing that, Mr Putin sends a letter to all the leaders of Europe. Quite a long letter. I think it's on the web. Russia supports the idea of receiving a 
full-pledged partnership with Europe. Join up with us. Get rid of that crazy American, Trump, Biden. Come over to our side. So whether he does it by invasion or intimidation, Russia will join up with, with Europe, won't it? So things are happening. They moved last year into Belarus. There we are. And here's the leader of Belarus, now friendly with Mr Putin. And large amounts of Russian troops are now in Belarus. Belarus has fallen under the influence of Russia. Gone. Gone. As well as that, I told you before, Russia's intimidating Ukraine. Remember the naval manoeuvre was up here? Going through Ukraine is huge numbers of pipelines carrying Russian gas, Russian oil into Europe. But Russia wants the capital, at least, certainly all of Ukraine. Capital is Kyiv, which was really the capital of Rosh in times past. So it will certainly control it. Last year, they brought 100,000 troops. Some articles said 150,000 troops to the borders of Ukraine. Russia said, we'll pull them away. What they did was they pulled them back and brought them in another spot. It was all fabrication. Here's some of the bases they built. Look at the quality of some of these things. On the borders of Ukraine. Ukraine lost in 2014, fighting with Russia, 14,000 people. They don't want to fight Russia again. And Russia's got the troops right on the borders. You can see what the message is. So, this year, as those troops were rallying a bit more, the leader, their Prime Minister or President, there his name is, he flew over and said to Biden, can you help me? Please protect me. Can I join NATO? And he said, no, I'll talk to the Russians. But he wouldn't do anything more. Typical Biden. So, what's going on? Here's a map of Europe. There's Germany. Here's the Nordic One pipeline. The other one has just finished. It can carry the oil into Europe or natural gas into Europe from October the 1st. What's today? September 27 or thereabouts, 22. Only a few days' time. So we can see the situation. Nordic Stream 1 and 2 gives Germany and Europe a dedicated supply from Russia. Ah. Then Russia can cut off the supply through Ukraine. Everybody can see it. And they're terribly, terribly worried what's going to happen to Ukraine. Well... This year, put aside Ukraine, Russia's built 20 bases along the borders of Europe. 20 bases along the borders of Europe. All right? Bought 2,000 pieces of equipment, whatever they are, into that area. And then, from the 11th to the 16th of this month, they did the biggest military manoeuvre ever seen in Europe for 40 years on the borders of Europe. There's the economist's picture, and here's some of the bases, the little red bots here, that Russia has been using. Zapad, which means Western, because they're threatening the West. 
2021 could involve up to 200,000 troops from Russia, said the economists. Before they came, they've now come. Staggering. Here's a bit of an indication of how many there are there now. Tenth. Started on the 11th. 200,000 men, 290 tanks, 240 artillery pieces, 80 planes, three ship, 15 ships. It's pretty significant what they're doing. And they haven't been drawing away the troops on Ukraine. No. These are new sets of soldiers on the borders of Europe. Pretty clear, isn't it? So, coming back now, last year, Putin warns, I'm going to go to war. I'm going to go to war in the Middle East. That's my prime aim. He warns of a catastrophic Middle Eastern war in the near future, and he stated it. Okay. Then he went to the vote last year and got voted in till he was 83 years of age. So he can stay there for a long time. But he said that before he got voted in. And they voted him in still. Well, what's he done? Because I'm still dealing with the European area, I'm now talking about the European area that's threatening coming down into the Middle East. He went into Armenia. Went into Armenia about a month after he got that vote. Armenia controls the pipelines from the Caspian across to Italy and Germany uh, and Greece. Cut them off, they'll freeze, or they can't drive their cars. In a flash, that could happen. They've got troops now in Armenia. Not a lot, but they're the peacekeepers between the two conflicting parties. They've basically got control. As well as that, that is the area of Tagama in Ezekiel 38. So further to that, Greece has said to Russia, come down please Russia and take control in Istanbul of this church, the Hagia Sophia. It's one of the oldest churches in the whole of Europe. Massive big church. The Turks have turned it into a mosque. And the Greeks, religious, they're upset about it. And so is Russia. Remember the scripture says, Russia will take Turkey. And they will. And become the eastern leg. Alright? They will take control of Turkey. Interestingly, Elpis Israel said, Brother Thomas said, Russia will take Turkey in Elpis Israel before Christ returns. In Eureka, he changed his mind. He said, no, it'll be afterwards. Otherwise, we'll be expecting it at any moment. He comes as a thief in the night. I hope it's not a thief in the night for you because you'll see all these things. Things are happening so quickly. So quickly. But let's now move on. The Pope. Pope becomes the mother of harlots. Very wealthy. Merchandise of gold and silver. Now, I'm not going to spend long on that. But he went over to Ur of the Chaldees, what a spot, and said to them, not only do I want to be the, you know, the religious leader of the Christians, I'd like to be the religious leader of the Muslims too. Then he said, he had a big meeting, 2021, big meeting, with many of the others, and this particularly with the Lutherans, 
But his aim is all the orthodox brothers should be under him, the mother of harlots. All of them. And he's saying that. Inviting them all in. And they're not really differing with him. They're saying, "Mm, okay. But also his great wealth. Scripture says he's got gold and silver. Well, the Vatican disclosed this year that they own just 4,051 major properties in Italy alone. Thousands of properties across Europe. Money's pouring in, rental and such like. Wealthy. Filthily wealthy. But now we want to look at Israel. All Israel will dwell confidently. Now I'm sorry I'm going at this pace, but so much is happening. We know that they will dwell safely or confidently, as the margin says. And they are. They're vaccinating like we are. Oh, yes, they do it at a rate of just a mere 224,000 shots a day. They did that right at the start of the year. Had everybody vaccinated in no time. So guess what? Immigration's taking place quickly. People can see Israel's really doing something religious with medicine. And you're in a country where you're afraid of coronavirus. Why not go to Israel? And many of the Jews are. There's been a big jump in the number coming in at the start of this year, even then. They've had war with Gaza. Lost 12 people, but Gaza lost 232. But finally... After 11 days, they fixed it all up for the time being. But look at this. He had a few words about it. Putin told Netanyahu Russia could declare war on Israel amid a Palestinian row. I warn you, he says, don't keep this up or we'll attack. He said that twice to Israel. Russia warns Israel it won't tolerate more civilian casualties in the Gaza conflict. We'll invade Well, he hasn't done it yet. But the new government's come in. There's the Prime Minister, Mr Bennett. Asked me afterwards a bit about him. He's quite a character. But he said this when he came into power. Look at the comment at the bottom. If you want to say that our land does not belong to us, I suggest you go and read the Bible. There's your proof. It's ours. And that means the West Bank too. You see, it's interesting, Ezekiel 37 says six steps. The last one is Christ's return. Come back one step. One nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel. Israel controls the West Bank. And it will keep control of it up until Christ's return. It's a major conflict with many people, but that's what the Bible says. And it says that control... Shows you are very close to Christ's return. Well, Russia and Iran on Israel's border. (laughs) So, we know that Russia, from the uttermost parts of the north, will come to the border of Israel and will be allied with Iran, Persia. Okay? So here we are, 2015. Ask me afterwards. That date was precisely predicted in Scripture, in Daniel chapter 7. We knew that. Books have been, articles have been written by the Testament magazine. I think it's four articles 
down through time from 2000, uh, 1941 to 2015, telling us that that year Russia will move. And it sure did. Look, ships off the coast of Syria. Here's the little tiny port they built to get their Russian military equipment into the Middle East. And so here they are now, right on the borders of Israel. There is Russia. Now, Putin's not down there, but there's Russia on the borders of Israel. Okay. Now, things are moving dramatically in the Middle East. Israel readies to attack Iran now. Iran said, or Israel said a few months ago, and I'll give you this quote a little later, in 10 weeks, they'll have an atom bomb. Today, it's only two weeks left. And they're worried because this became the new Prime Minister of Iran. They call him the butcher of Iran or the hangman of Iran. He's arranged for no less than 3,000 Iranians he didn't want to be hung. He's a murderous man. And they're afraid. He's not going to fool around. Iran has got plenty of nuclear sites where they develop nuclear energy. There's 10 of them. Okay? There's their missiles. And their missiles can easily get to Israel. Israel is worried. They said we will not stop. Now remember, Israel hit a nuclear facility in the days of Saddam Hussein in Iraq. They had another one north of Lebanon. Hit it again. Nuclear facilities. Whenever the Arabs have built one, they've blown it up. And so there's their plan. Iran could build a nuclear bomb within 10 weeks. Look at the date. Now, two weeks left. Will Israel act? Well, it may take a little while for Iran to build the bomb. That might give Russia, Israel a little bit more time. But right from the beginning of the year, the military defence man said, we will hit this year. Iran. So there's the story. So here's this. There's the Prime Minister of Israel and there's the Prime Minister of Iran. They're not together. <laughs> but once they're called the hangman because that's what he did. Murderous. But now, come away from that a bit. There's the image. The Medo-Persian territory went to there. The Grecian territory under Alexander the Great went to the River Indus. Look what that incorporates. Afghanistan. Afghanistan's got to be united with Russia, doesn't it? Okay? Okay, well, America said we've had enough. We're pulling out. They did that only a few months ago. And immediately they left. They hadn't even gone. The first day they started to leave, these chaps went up to Moscow. They said, G'day, mates. We're allied with you. Indeed, the scripture is precisely correct. Absolutely correct. So you see the territory of the bronze and the territory of the silver is to the borders of the Indus, allied to Russia. So Russia is indeed allied truly with Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iran. No doubt about it. So things are moving dramatically. Russia is involving itself in that area. All right, now here's something that's quite frightening. 
Don't know if it'll do something or not, but there's the Persian Gulf, right? Out of that comes a lot of oil, okay? Iran has built a pipeline from the port where they get rid of 90%. Sorry, let's press the wrong button. Let's go forward. From here, they've built a pipeline all the way through to there. There it is. A thousand kilometres long. Huge cost. They reckon about a billion it cost them to build it. Why? They can put them on a ship there and sail it out of there, can't they? Anytime they like. But they've just finished it. Here's what's going to happen. Russia, Iran and China plan a major naval manoeuvre at the headwaters of the Persian Gulf and into the Persian Gulf. Does that mean anything to us? This is the problem. The world's most important oil transit spot is there. Australia gets 82% of its oil from here. Keep your cars filled up with petrol, brethren and sisters, because if it's cut off, we've only got about two or three weeks reserve in Australia. We'll be out in no time flat. And they're threatening to do that. Is that surprising to you? Do you know these books? Elpis Israel, Exposition of Daniel, Eureka, Herald. They all state that there will be a conflict in the Persian Gulf just prior to Armageddon. Let me read you from Exposition of Daniel. Britain and its young lions shall take maritime possession of the Gulf of Persia, the Straits of Babel-Mandeb, and the Red Sea to Suez. They're going to have to, to get their oil. So there's going to be a conflict. Brother Thomas says, the Hebrew's really weird. It says that the ships are attacked from the air. He was living in sailing ship days. He says, that's what Jesenius says. And then he says, errant nonsense. Can't be done. Well, we know it can. The Hebrew says that. Staggering stuff. So, now come to the Gulf states who are allies with Israel. Sheba, Dedan, Tarshish, Edom, Moab, Ammon. They've got to be allied to Israel. Let's see if that's so. The Abraham Alliance was formed last year. Look at the countries. United Arabs, Bahrain, Sudan, Morocco. Those are countries, and these might soon, and we'll see in a minute, some of them have already done so, or doing so. So here in the dark colours, those are already allied. The light colours, they look like they're going to join up. So, here's United Arab Emirates. How does it get its oil into the Mediterranean? This way. Through Israel. They're not trusting the Suez Canal. We'll see why in a minute. In came Bennett. Straight away he got in contact with the Egyptians and he got in contact with King, Husa, uh, King Abdullah and he said, they've got a drought. We'll supply you extra water. We'll look after you. Israel desalinates the sea quite cheaply. And they've been sending some of the water across the Jordan. Jordan said, thank you very much. They were in terrible drought. So Jordan, Sheba, Dedan, that area. Not Sheba, Dedan at least, anyhow. So what about America? Where's America's base in the Middle East? It was at this Qatar here. There. But this year, they shifted it from there to there. 
to Jordan, Edom, Ammon, and Moab area. Exactly as the scripture predicts, that's where they got their troops now. Right next door to Israel. And what about Iran for a minute? Let me come aside for a minute because we're not talking about the states quite that ally with Israel. USA says we're moving out our equipment, out our troops, out of Afghanistan, and not only that, Saudi Arabia. We want them at home. We're worried about China. So guess what? Build formal ties with Israel, they said. And that's what Saudi Arabia is doing. They're worried about Iran attacking them too. Without America, who's defending them? Oh, come over here, Israel. Give them a hug. See if they can get them to defend them. That's where it's going now. Look at the time. That took place. Told Saudi Arabia Crown Prince, we're leaving. So they're saying, we need Israel to defend ourselves from those crazy Iranians. Now, Libya and Ethiopia will be allied with Russia. Ezekiel 38, Ethiopia and Libya, Sudan and Ethiopia today will be allied with Russia. Daniel 11 also says the same. Let's look at it. Libya, well, probably two-thirds, maybe three-quarters of Libya is now currently under Russian control. It's a major export of oil to Europe. Russia can cut it off like that if Europe doesn't do what it's told. All right? So they've got control of that. Further than that, what about Sudan? I said that was the area of Ethiopia, didn't I? Or Kush. See the word Ethiopia here? The Hebrew word is Kush. Now the Kushites used to live in the area of around Iraq. Many hundreds of years ago they migrated to here. And that area is now associated with Russia big time. And not only that, they've got a naval base here, down in this area here. They can close the bottom of the Red Sea off, if they wish. So they can cut off the oil coming out that area too. But further to that, they're now building a little tiny base along the edges of the Suez Canal. It's only going to cost Russia $7 billion. They've already started it. They've had over nearly two years to build what they've done. And it will employ 35,000 Egyptians. It's a huge base. And they can close the sewers if they want to. It would seem. It would seem. So things are moving. Putin came down about two years ago and met up with El Sisi, the leader of Egypt, and said, let's tie together that deal. And that's been done. So you can see things are moving. We've gone right through the scene. Look what, and as we come now to a close, look what Daniel 11 says. He, Russia, shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. Now why does it come down? <laughs> but he shall have power over the treasures of gold and silver. What was that base they were building? Oh, says Russia, it's a trading base. And over the precious things of Egypt, 
The Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. Companions. Exactly as we would expect. And it's happening right before our eyes. So Russia invades Egypt for a financial region. And will then, no doubt, control all of the oil going into Europe. See, they can cut it off from going through the Ukraine. They can cut it off coming in from Norway. They can cut it in coming in from the Caspian Sea. I've got around the wrong way, Caspian Sea for you. They can cut it off coming in from Syria. They've got control of Iraq and Kuwait and things like that. They haven't got Kuwait, but they can stop the oil flowing into the Mediterranean. They can close the Persian Gulf. They can close the Straits of Hormuz. In a blink, Europe will freeze. Won't be able to use their cars. And the Western world will be largely somewhat defenceless, especially if they have their, sub their uh, destroyers running on petrol or diesel. <laughs> no wonder they're thinking they might go nuclear. Well, things are changing, brethren and sisters, very, very quickly. Let's then bring things to a close. Here's the key point. Here's the critical issue. Now it is high time for me and you to wake out of sleep. For now is salvation nearer to us than when we first believed. My word, it certainly is. But now is the time to look at ourselves, look at all those we're associated with, and encourage everybody to be prepared, to focus on that book, to be people of prayer, to be like Noah's family in the ark. They were locked in. Meditating on God's word in that last moment before the flood came. Let us be like that, brethren and sisters, preparing. 